Thank you for listening to this edition of the Christian Car Guy podcast. It's brought to you by Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road. Mr. Quick Pick is the opportunity for you to start your own roadside assistance business. If you have more investment energy than investment capital, stop working for someone else. Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road is the opportunity to have your own home-based business, working directly with auto clubs and leveraging a national brand and marketing strategy. Mr. Quick Pick helps people who have run out of gas, lock their keys in their car, or need a jump start. An A-plus rated company with a Better Business Bureau and the three-time winner of the Member's Choice Award for customer service. This could be the chance you've been looking for to serve others at the point of crisis and even share your walk with Christ. So whether you're looking for a business opportunity or in need of emergency roadside assistance, choose Mr. Quick Pick Lock and Road, mrquickpick.com. Now sit back and enjoy this podcast of the Christian Car Guy Radio Show. Car Guy Radio Show. I say this calls for action, and now, nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Negotiations Bible style. Bible style. Bible, 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 Bible. Negotiations Bible style. Well, she got her daddy's car, and she cruised through the hamburger stand out. See, she forgot all about the library like she told her own Faster, faster, faster. It's all right, is it? <laughs> she'll go cruising just as fast as she can now, and she'll have fun, fun, fun. Really? Well, some states now, they got speed limits up to 85 miles an hour. Everything is going so fast. How can it be December again? How can all these bills be due again? Is my daughter really about to graduate? How fast? And there's the question. How fast is fast enough? And for you out there today, I know many of you have Jesus literally living in you. So where is Jesus and this, I mean this sincerely, where is Jesus telling you to slow down? But maybe there's some place where Jesus is telling you to speed up. Seriously, this month of December is so hustle and bustle, and I feel the world is doing everything again to distract us from that still small voice. So really, where is Jesus telling you slow down? Where is he telling you to speed up? 866 348 7884 is the number to call in and share. We would love to hear from you. Where is Jesus telling you? Seriously, where is he telling you to slow down? Where is he telling you to speed up? How? How do you do that? In the month of December, you got all this stuff going on. How do you find that way to somehow or another be still? 866 348 
7884 is the number to call in. We have lines open, and we would really, really, really love to hear from you. And, yes, we'll share our thoughts, but you may have something to share, and I would love to know your December secret. Where is Jesus telling you to slow down, and where is he telling you to speed up? Of course, at the end of the show each week, I say it, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done in 33 years. Is your computer fast enough? <laughs> That's a great question. Is the upload speed fast enough? Is your fast food coming fast enough for you? Well, a new, new Insurance Institute for Highway Safety study shows that increasing in speed limits over the last two decades have cost 33,000 lives. In fact, in 2013, 2013 alone, the increase resulted in 1,900 additional deaths, essentially canceling out the number of lives saved by frontal airbags. So naturally, we have Bill Mixon here with us, our Christian insurance guy. And Bill, fast is expensive, isn't it? (laughs) Well, I tell you, especially sometimes the laws don't keep up. In North Carolina, you can drive 75 miles an hour legal in some places, but a 76-mile-an-hour speed ticket is a reckless driving charge. So you can be going just a few miles over the posted limit, and you can be hit with two major uh, speeding tickets at one time, or rather a regular speeding ticket's two points. A reckless driving or 76-mile-an-hour is a four-point, which uh, can quadruple your insurance. Yeah, and... and there's lots of ways it costs you money that you may not have thought of, you know, not to mention gas that that's obviously costing you there, but there, and I, I've had these pictures at christiancarguy.com. They, they tickled me, <laughs> I guess, because it's just one of those things I think about, but this particular city in Australia, the pictures are from Australia. They have discovered a way to calculate what, you know, you, you have those little signs and when you come into smaller towns and stuff and they show you your speed and it's flashing on a, showing you how fast you're actually going versus what the speed limit is. Well, this town in Australia has figured out a way that they flash the number of days you're going to spend in the hospital, <laughs> you know, based on how fast you're coming into town. <laughs> and they have another one that, that flashes how much, how many dollars you're going to spend in accidents, you know, and, and, and it's just creative. And of course I have a picture there at christiancarguy.com as well as this whole idea of, how fast is fast enough? And, and as I say at the beginning of every show, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went, got it all done in 33 years. So in our last segment, as you might guess, in our appraisal by the Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, cry out for discernment, lift up our voice for understanding. Be still. For many of this December, there is no chance of going faster, faster, faster. Actually, those in prison or in a hospital, or in a nursing home, or a group home, they all are in a different place. And one of the most powerful experiences of God's love as a radio host I ever experienced was shared by a prisoner. And a prisoner in a prison that was beyond my most horrible imagination, but he had a different experience of being still, and I get to share that coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by The Real Black Book. Of course, as I mentioned already, we got this wonderful website, ChristianCarGuy.com. It's got hundreds of articles, podcasts of previous shows, of course, Christian Car Guy Theater, and the Jesus Labor Love. Jesus Labor Love is car repair labor for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. And I do have, as is often the case, Bill, another, you know, last week, 
God has miracle after miracle. This engine for the lady, the widow that was up in another state and all that. Listeners came through. Some of the organizations we worked through came through in miraculous ways to, to where it looks like, you know, here in a week or so, she'll have a new engine in her car. But then about that time, you know, many states away from her, I get another request. This lady last Sunday, a single mom, two children, 11 and 12, on their way to a youth event, 2010 Chevy Impala. And all of a sudden, she, the way she described it, Robbie, I heard this horrible noise. It was just this weird screeching whatever. And, and it was an interesting story from the standpoint she said that the church people in her car and her just began to pray. They pulled over the side of the road and they prayed and prayed and the car made it home. But then that next morning when she went to leave, it wasn't going anywhere because the transmission, actually the differential had exploded inside. And, and for the differential, I, I, for mechanics out there, just listen to that story. How in the world could you have the differential explode inside the transmission of a Chevy Impala and still drive whatever she said it was like 45 minutes that they drove after she heard the sound before she got home and then the next morning. So that's, you know, the story in itself has the miraculous implications of it. I, you know, but the net result is here's a single mom three weeks before Christmas already. And I, you know, I, I was trying to ask her, you know, how much of this do you think you could help? You know, how much do you, and, and I walked her through this and I walked her through that and well, I really, and I realized, I said, be honest with me, how much? And there was nothing. I mean, literally, she was not in a position to help pay for anything. Because the car had 114,000 miles on it, 2010. It was just out of warranty. And so this shouldn't have happened to this car. And there she is. And so it's that time of year where our resources are limited. And so we're just going to ask you if God puts it on your heart to help this lady or anybody. Um, you can go to christiancarguy.com. There's a donate now button there. It's tax deductible. We're a 501c3 and we have no administration costs at all other than the cost of the credit card or whatever that comes in. But other than that, we, everybody does volunteer work for us and everything that we get goes directly to, um, mostly just parts for fixing, um, these cars. In some cases we have to pay a bit of the labor, but it's always discounted. And, and so we, we have no administration costs within the organization itself. If you want to send a check, of course, there's there's no cost on that. And it's the Jesus Labor of Love. Again, Jesus Labor Love 238, 238, Sara, S-A-U-R, Lane, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27107. Again, 238, Sara, S-U-R-A, Lane, Winston-Salem, North Carolina, 27107. And just say to the lady of the transmission, we'll get that sent out directly to her. And I know I just tremendously encourage her. But right now you're listening and you're thinking, it's December, things are going so fast, how can I slow down? How can I be still in this situation? What, how is the Holy Spirit telling you? Or maybe there's some place you feel like Jesus is telling you to speed up. We would love to hear from you. 866-348-7884. We got so much more Christian Car Guy show coming at you, but it wouldn't be the same without your story. 866 348 7884, your question, your comments, you call us. We'll get with you on the other side of this break.
Yes, the world tells us faster, faster, faster. <laughs> you need bigger upload speeds. You need faster food. It's we got to go fast, 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 and it's all right. And that's why you have fun, fun, fun. Well, I kind of wonder about all that. How about you? I would love to know in this season of hustle and bustle and distraction, how is it that you be still and know that he's God? How, how is it that you do that? I would love your insights. I know you're walking with Jesus and you got something for me. Please call us 866-348-7884. 866-34-TRUTH. You're listening to the Christian Car Guys show. And of course, Bill, there's there's real world examples of what happens if we go too fast and it gets expensive. And this is something that, that we've highlighted on the show for years. Well, 30 years in the insurance business, I've had many a client that uh, were making a payment on their auto insurance. They could have been buying a house. Uh, 20, 23, 25, 27-year-olds that had three or four tickets or accidents on their driving record and go out and buy a brand new car <laughs> where they have to carry comp and collision and you just you just shake your head you, you, then they're the folks that go out and they have one loan on one car and before they get it paid off they get talked into buying another car and stacking a loan on top of that and then they get a ticket and their insurance doubles you know, it, it's just um, amazing how much money we just throw away. Yeah, and I, you know, we we think, and we've heard it said, my own daughter has said it to me, Dad, everybody knows you go five miles an hour over the speed limit. If, you know, they don't even, the police don't even pay attention if you're not doing that. That's That's the logic. And so when the states went to the, you know, the... <laughs> To their own legislatures to say, well, here we need, you know, people are going 70 when we've got it 65 anyway. Why not just take it to 70 so people actually go the speed limit? Well, what did the people do then? 80. <laughs> right. But as you mentioned, because they, they haven't caught up with that in our particular state, the reckless driving charge is still 76 miles an hour. So it puts people in, a, in, a, in another world of hurt. But I'm just talking about a, a of course, I don't, I don't think any Christian would disagree that going 80 in a 55 is, you know, certainly on the borderline of sin, and we've done shows on that particular issue. But the real-world issue that I would like to get to today a little bit, besides, again, I would love your insight on how you be still in this season, uh, I would really love for you to call in and do that. But for years and years and years, and Bill knows this, I also, at the beginning of every show, said Americans waste 203 million gallons of gas a week on speeding. I will say that again, because I, I used to say it every week, but I, I haven't done it in a few years, Bill, honestly. But this is a, these are the numbers, and I'm going to take you through them. Americans waste 203 million gallons of gas a week on speeding. And here's the math behind that, Okay. The average American drives 13,476 miles a year. The national U.S. fleet of cars averages 20.6 miles per gallon. Now, if you just do the math on that, it's 654 gallons a year. That's how much the average American is, how much gas the average American is buying. The average American, if they are going five miles an hour over the speed limit, 
they lose 1.8 miles per gallon, which ends up being a gallon a week. Well, think how much gas they save by getting there sooner. Oh, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it cost, it just costs you a gallon a week. So you say, well, Robbie, you know, $3 a gallon, $2.50 a gallon, whatever. It's costing me 100 bucks to speed. Oh, yeah. Well, realizing that there are 254 million people in America, and 80% of them, unfortunately, according to the estimates of the National Highway Institute for Insurance Safety and all these people, will tell you that 80% of people go five miles an hour over the speed limit, which is not, a, I mean, not at all something that I'm, a, you know, it's just kind of mind-blowing to me. But that would leave you with 203 million people wasting a gallon a week and 203 million gallons a week of gas that we're burning that if people would just drive the speed limit, I'm not talking about that they change the speed limits. I'm talking about if people would just drive the speed limit, 203 million gallons of gas a week. And what would that do to, you know, those people who, who look at the economic impact of that, at the um, impact of the environment, the f- carbon footprint, how much fossil fuels are being used, however you want to look at it, there, there's, it just seems like, wow, if people would just drive the speed limit, we would save a phenomenal amount of gas. And guess what would happen to the price almost immediately? Seriously. What happens when, if you study gas prices, Bill's looking at me and he's laughing, but I'm telling you, if you watch inventories versus gas prices, you'll see just like when the Saudis decided to cut production this week, well, what, guess what? All of a sudden you see those gas prices going up because as the supply decreases, you know, then, then the price goes up. But if, if the supply is over, if they were all of a sudden didn't sell those 203 million gallons of gas this week, well, you know what would happen? And you say, well, Robbie, that's like, I can't affect 203 million, but you can affect yours, Bill. Well, you know, in, 90% of the time, I mean, if you're driving less than than 20 miles, going those few extra miles an hour over the speed limit is not going to get you there any fast. I mean, it's going to get you there less than five minutes sooner. You know, even if I'm driving from here to Raleigh, the five miles an hour difference is going to make, you know, 15 minutes difference in the overall driving time. Two stoplights worth the time. Well, every Thursday, every Thursday of my life, I drive to Moxville, North Carolina to do a devotion at a retirement home, which is a pretty good ride. And then I drive back to the station and I come up what's called Silas Creek Parkway, which is about a maybe 10 mile stretch. And the speed limit on Silas Creek Parkway, for those who know the area, is 45 miles an hour. But this is one of those areas that most people are driving actually 55 or 60. Now, I actually laugh because I know how the lights are timed because I've driven it so many times. But if I will just go 45, I always know the light that I'll catch up to all those people that just blew by me. And those are the ones that aren't getting the ticket back there. But the ones that (laughs) I just like come up, I've just been going my 45 and I'm like, here they are. Look where we are. You got to the same place. We got so much more coming up. Stay tuned. Radio blast and go cruising just as fast as she can. 
fun, fun, fun. <laughs> it might be fun for a moment, but if you end up in the hospital, it's not so much fun. Or if you end up with a speeding ticket or you end up with all sorts of results of speeding, that's what we're talking about today. What you sow, you may reap. 866-348-7884. We'd love to hear your question or your comment. Or maybe how you be still in this season. You're listening to Christian Car Guys Show. Your host, Robbie Dillmore. Today, I have Bill Mixon, our Christian insurance guy. And before we get to the whole idea of speeding again, uh, I would like to, again, mention ChristianCarGuy.com. And one of the resources there, besides, you know, we talked about the Jesus labor love. It's car repair for single moms, widows, and families in crisis. But... And, and clearly there's a place for you to donate and stuff there and find out about some of the more recent things we're involved with, is there's a tab that says Christian Car Care Centers, and those are the Christian Car Care Centers across the country that participate in the Jesus Labor Love. So, you know, in many of the markets where you listen to our radio show in New York or you're in Seattle, um, Washington, or Los Angeles, you, you will see there, listed by city, all these people who donate to the Jesus Labor Love. So, you know, like Abendola Automotive in Greensboro, if they donated the labor to put this lady's engine in, they might be a pretty good place for you to take your car and support these people that are supporting these programs. Uh, you know, a lot of folks, and we, we talked about it last week, finding a mechanic that you can trust is of great value to know that if I take my car to this man, he's going to share with me what it really needs and what it doesn't really need. And there's an, a resource there at ChristianCarGuy.com that, that we offer out there to say, hey, we don't, I can't tell you that they're completely competent in all these areas, but I do know where their heart is. And their heart is that they're going to try to help these singles, moms, widows, families in crisis through the Jesus labor love. And, uh, you know, that's your experience too, right, Bill? Finding somebody like that that you can trust means everything. You, you find a good mechanic, you stick with them. <laughs> I've seen a, a lot of folks spend a whole lot more money on something that they could have gotten by a lot better. I've seen somebody go into a dealership, and the dealership wanted to charge considerably more than what my, my shop wanted to charge. So those are, those are things that, again, we have at christiancarguy.com, and we also have articles on like how to find a good mechanic and, and things along those lines. Well, getting back to this whole idea of speeding, I can never have this discussion without bringing up the one point that I think, in my mind, is a significant issue. And that is if you are driving five miles an hour over the speed limit, not only will I probably beat you going down Silas Creek Parkway because you're going to be stopped at that light about the time it turns green, I'll go right by you. So honestly, Bill, often I beat the people that are speeding because I do my best to time those lights and watch, and then I just kind of chuckle to myself. But not only will I beat you, but there's something else that goes on that I think is critical. Is there is a 15 or 16-year-old driver that's got their permit, or there might you know, be an older person that isn't really capable of handling the speed. They might be 85 or 90 years old. And they are, you've got peer pressure going on, and as you go blowing by them, they think I need to speed up because I'm not going fast enough. And the truth is that that 15, 16-year-old does not know some of the things that you know and how to handle the speed. They don't necessarily know, and you know this, Bill, if the right tire goes off the road a little bit and how not to jerk it back so you end up flipping the car. All those things are critical 
to your actual peer pressure. If you don't believe me, there's peer pressure in going the speed limit. Try going the speed limit. <laughs> just try it. I don't care where you are. Just go the speed limit and watch what happens. And immediately you will feel what it is I'm telling you. All these people are peer pressuring you to exceed the speed limit. Well, anybody who's got, just gone through driver's ed and just seen all these horrible movies on, you know, how it is to speed not kill. Well, yeah. And then they get out of there and all these people are blown by them. What happens, Bill? Well, yeah, your reaction time is so much shorter when you go in that extra 10 miles an hour, especially if you're doing it in the 70 mile an hour range. But if you're driving down a country road and you're going 10 miles an hour faster and there's a brick in the road, there's a rabbit in the road, there's some water, you've got so much less time to make a critical decision on how to get around that obstacle. So there are an awful lot of accidents that don't kill people that would have been avoided and a lot of accidents where people do die that if you'd just been going the speed limit, you'd have had more than enough time to avoided the situation and saved yourself a great deal of grief. And yet some of the people that my heart goes out to, if people driving around don't have enough insurance, cause a really bad accident, and this other person is got huge medical bills, and you don't have the, the, the financial wherewithal on your insurance to take care of, that doesn't mean you're not responsible for it. Just because you didn't buy enough insurance doesn't mean that you aren't going to have to give up half your future paychecks to make up that difference. Well, those people who know my story, Bill, know that I was crushed between two cars in 1996, and the car that hit me was actually only going about seven miles an hour. But it almost took off my left leg, and I spent two years in a wheelchair and umpteen surgeries and all sorts of other stuff as a result of not but a car going seven miles, it was rolling down the hill and I was standing at the back of my Jeep and the guy up above me had gotten out of his car, left it out of gear and it just rolled down the hill like, you know, and it wasn't going fast at all. But you have, <laughs> you know, you got 3,000 pounds moving at seven miles an hour. It has a phenomenal amount of force. And, and, and so if there is in fact an accident, that five or six miles an hour that you think is not necessary... <laughs> you know, or maybe necessary for you to get to that next appointment, which probably won't make 20 seconds difference. But that five or six miles an hour can make all the difference in the amount of impact on that person that, that you may run into or that may run into you. And, and again, you can't change what everybody else does, but you can be responsible for what you do. But I have grace. Believe me, I have grace for the man that hit me. And, and, and I have grace that many times, you, you wonder why I talk about this. I struggle with the same thing myself. I struggle with should I go because I got all this peer pressure, but people do get tickets and they do get in accidents, and then they face all sorts of consequences. And Bill, you you help people through this walk through this maze. This has happened to them. They've gotten a speeding ticket. Should I get an attorney? What 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 are some of the things that they need to be considering? Well, a lot of times, a lot of attorneys that do motor vehicle law, and then there are a lot of attorneys that wear lots of hats. That the attorneys are tuned in to the driving points. You get certain number of points, you lose your driver's license. And that's where their their focus is. Well, in a lot of states like North Carolina, you've got driving points and you've got insurance points, which are two <coughs> totally different things. They can carry completely different amounts of points to them. 
so that the attorney's sitting there worried about whether or not you're going to lose your, your license, where he should also be worried about how much is this going to cost you in your insurance. Um, one big example in North Carolina, an exceeding safe speed's a little teeny tiny driving point situation, and a lot of attorneys think they're doing you great gobs of good by getting a speeding ticket turned into an exceeding safe speed, where a six a, a fifty five and a forty five speeding tickets a whole lot less powerful in the insurance charges than it is on the driving points. My point is. It's good to have a local agent that understands that state's rules because those one 800 people deal with 12 different, 50 different states, and all those rules are different from state to state. A person that knows your state inward and outward can give you a lot better insurance advice than that service center person that's been working three months and doesn't know the difference between North Carolina's rules and Tennessee's rules. And another issue that that comes in here is this whole idea of forgiveness, <laughs> accident forgiveness or whatever. How does that play into that, Bill? Well, one is you got to understand everything costs. So when you see these commercials that are going out and being aired on 30 states, in some states that built-in cost for accident forgiveness is, in, is there. And in other cases, you've got to buy that coverage and in a lot of cases, it's just not available in some states. In some states like North Carolina, there are only a couple companies that offer accident forgiveness. Now, nationwide, it's an option. You can buy it or not buy it. And then the other companies that offer it, it's built into the policy, which automatically increases their cost. But most insurance companies in North Carolina don't even have it as an option. So... People think they have it because they see the commercial, and the commercial makes it sound like everybody's got the opportunity to have it for that company, where in actuality, it's an option that may not even be available in the state. Uh, there you go. Well, we've got our appraisal by the Real Black book coming up, and a little more on speeding. We'd love to hear your insights. Call us, 866-348-7884. Listen to the Christian Car Guys show, and there's the question today. How can we, in the month of December, with all the hustling, bustling, all that, find a way, find a place to be still and, and know that he is God? And, and I asked a question at the beginning of the show, and I'm hoping still that somebody will call in and, and share uh, how is it that they do that? How do they set aside time and whatever in this season differently than maybe other seasons. 866-348-7884. We're certainly talking about speeding and how to, <laughs> what the consequences of that are, what has happened as a result of higher speed limits, et cetera, et cetera. But along those lines, I always like to look at these things from a spiritual standpoint. And 
Our appraisal by the Real Black Book, that's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure, lift up our voice for understanding. Um, I was thinking about this from a standpoint of for those who are in prison this December or they're in a hospital or they're in a nursing home or even a group home, those people don't have a chance to go faster, faster, faster. It's all right. They don't have a chance to, and maybe you found yourself at that point or maybe you find yourself at that point right now. The cool thing is that truly one of the most powerful experiences of God's love as a radio host I ever experienced was by a prisoner um, who the Billy Graham Association had called and asked if I could do this interview. And it was a Vietnamese pastor. And when he came in, Billy actually had three uh, (laughs) interpreters because he didn't speak English which was very difficult because when you're doing a radio interview with somebody who doesn't speak English, you got to go through the interpreter first, then you got to wait for the interpreter to tell the person what you were saying, and then you got to wait for their response. And in this case, even though there were three interpreters, I'm pretty certain that not one of them spoke English, (laughs) which made it even more difficult. So there they were. They came in, and the way that particular show was, I didn't have any time to talk to them before the show. They came in, they were on the show, the show had started, and so I was just asked the obvious question to this Vietnamese pastor. The Billy Graham Association brought you on my show. What, what is it that, that you feel like you have to, to tell America? And there was all this, you know, you can imagine the Vietnamese language that's hard to understand. And then all of a sudden he said, I was in prison. That's what came through the interpreter. And I said, you were in prison? And I'm pictured in Vietnam, and I pictured immediately Rambo too. You know where <laughs> they had Rambo down in the swamp with the and and so I asked him. I said, "Well, when I picture a North Vietnamese prison, I'm picturing Rambo too with the leeches and all down in the water." And and he shakes his head, "Yes." And the interpreter says, oh, "Yeah, really? You were in prison, and and what would that what? It, he was in a swamp." As it turned out, the interpreters got it out of him that he was in a swamp with 900 other people in the same swamp, and he was there for five years. For five years, he was in that swamp. Talk about be still. And and you think about Jesus went out in the desert for 40 years to get still, but this man was in the was in the swamp. And so it occurred to me that you know when I got hit by the jeep, when I had cancer, whenever I had something that interrupted my life like that. God sent me something really special. And so I asked the pastor, what did God send you? And the pastor said, he sent me the 91st Psalm. Which I thought, really? He sent you the 91st Psalm? And then I pulled up the 91st Psalm on my computer right here, and I began to read it. And I was just blown away. If, if you want a real treat, go back and listen to the read the 91st Psalm from the standpoint of you're standing in a swamp, how do you sleep? How do you lay down? How do you eat? What is it that you drink? All that that you could picture of horribleness is what he had experienced. You don't lay down. You don't sit down. What do you drink? The water in the swamp. What do you eat? The seaweed in the swamp. Occasionally, they would bring him a bowl of rice. Well, how did you live? Well, thousands were dying in the, you know, the, while he was in there over that five-year period of time, thousands died. He was one of the very few. In fact, I don't think there was anybody else other than him that went in when he came out. 
listen to the fifth verse of the 91st Psalm. You shall not be afraid of the terror of the night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your sight and 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. And as I was talking to this pastor, I said, well, how did you get out? How did they, you know, how is it that you're here? And he was like, you know, all this <laughs> interpretation or whatever. They said, good behavior. And I said, good behavior. What, what does that look like in a swamp? You know, I'm trying to figure this out. And he basically came back with he was leading other people to Christ. And as I thought about that, all of a sudden I just broke down in tears at this thought that I really want to share with you today about being still is that I'm not surprised really that God maintained this pastor's life when he was in the swamp for five years through the 91st swamp. What blows me away when I'd be still and think about what happened here was that those other people in the swamp, they may have raped somebody, stolen somebody's stuff. Whatever happened, they deserve to be in the swamp. And God sent them a pastor. God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He sent these people, a pastor, to share. Now, they're in this place, and believe me, they are suffering in this swamp. The other people, I'm not talking about the pastor. They are in so much suffering, and what a place for a pastor to walk and say, I have something for you, a place to share something, a place where you have no choice but to be still. Uh, It's an amazing, amazing thing. We have Susan in Louisville who has something on being still, and I want to get to that. Susan, you're on the Christian Car Guy Show. Good morning. Good morning, and thank you for all you guys always do. Um, I think it's something. Well, I, I I get still getting out in nature, even just raking leaves, or that I love my dog, and I like to be around the horses, and you know, I just it's harder to get outside in the winter because I'm a more of a Florida girl. But um, I do think that you know God speaks to us through all His creation. But the thing you have to do is you have to schedule that time. So many people, especially Christians, think that being busy or doing is is something they're, you know, that they're being productive, that it's a a lifestyle. But I believe that if you don't schedule that time, if you don't say no to a few things, if you don't have time for coffee in the morning or something at night, you know, I mean, I have my candles, I make my salt baths, I do all of that myself, I do... I even do yoga, which you men probably aren't going to do a lot of that, but just <laughs> oh, whatever it is. Good. But you have to schedule, you know, to, that is my favorite. I mean, God says that to me all the time. Be still and know that I am God. That's one of the most comforting things I can hear. But if you don't have time on your calendar, you know, sometimes people feel like if there's any air in their calendar, that there's something wrong, that they're not being productive. And, um, you know, whether you still have children at home and you spend that time just playing some games with them or hanging out with them. I mean, doing nothing with those you love is a pretty good way to be still and be close to God. So, Or if you're alone, to, to meditate and to read and, and all those sorts of things. So uh, I, I just yeah. think that if it's not on our schedule, we're not going to be still. I so agree with you, Susan, and that's my favorite time. It really is, (laughs) both with my loved ones, but certainly with my God. It's the time that I schedule to do that. Thank you for calling in today. God bless you, and may you have a very wonderful, still (laughs) Christmas season. God bless. Yes, God bless. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Well, remember, slow down. Jesus walked everywhere he went and got it all done 33 years. And thank you for listening, and I pray you have a, a wonderfully still week. God bless.